You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, um, for what will be your Tuesday episode of Locked On Browns. Look, I, I understand it. Uh, you know, you know, whatever. Not a good day yesterday, but uh, you know, the, the length and the depths that this has gone to today. Um you can't count it twice because it's Pittsburgh. You only lost the game once yesterday. Still four and two. Um, watching some questions, of, you know, if, uh, would have made a difference with Teller or Chubb. And honestly, well, yesterday went, <laughs> you could have brought back every greatest Cleveland Browns player of all time. And it probably wouldn't have made a difference. Some games just go that way. We're going to get to more here. We got a bunch of listener questions, some thoughts, you know, final thoughts on yesterday. Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith along for the ride here as we continue with your daily dose of all things dog pound. This football season is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from the fine folks at Pepsi. Um, Pete, I, I, I've done a pretty darn good job of avoiding uh, you know, most of social media today because it's just an S show when you, you know, when this happens. Um, maybe some of it is, is, you know, rich people problems. Uh, the Browns went a calendar month, and this is normally a great joke in the offseason. But they went a calendar month without losing a football game. Um, we talked about the fact that going to Pittsburgh, you were going to max out. You were going to basically amp up and, and see where you were. Granted, none of it looked really well. Um, was Baker maybe too hurt to play? We'll never know. All of this. Um, but, you know, a recipe for just absolute disaster and failure is what came yesterday. Um, the thing that I kind of take away from this is your head coach, Kevin Stefanski just continuing to put the onus on him and, you know, talk about where he felt he could have improved things like that. You know, absolute positives when you were looking at, you know, the, the, the bright side and the better days and hopefully the great days of what this franchise got ahead, as opposed to, well, we got to watch the tape and da, 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 and all this BS and nonsense we've dealt with for over the years. Look, maybe they weren't ready for Pittsburgh yesterday. Maybe they are ready for Pittsburgh in five, six, seven weeks, whenever it comes. Um, but at the end of the day, Pete, it's still four and two. Um, yeah, five and one would have been fantastic. Sure, feather in the cap, all that stuff. But it's four and two. Um, but you're not going to just piss away what this team did for four weeks straight because you ran into a game where it didn't look very good. New England Patriots right now aren't playing the greatest of ball. Uh, Chiefs are you know playing a game right now with the Bills where it's kind of close. Lost to the Raiders yesterday. Um, this season is not going to be defined by whatever happened or did not happen in week six. Um, so it's perfectly fair to hate how the Browns played on Sunday and simultaneously appreciate the fact that they are four and two and in, in a good position. Um, I've posited the idea that I think uh, both the Browns and the Colts were physically beat up coming out of that game. And I think that, contributed to why the Browns looked so bad against the Steelers and why the Colts struggled early 
against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, that doesn't take any away from the fact that the Steelers were just better, uh, that they are a, a, a really impressive team, and the Browns got you know just boat raced in the end. Uh, but it doesn't change the fact that the, the despite how badly they played in that game and despite how uh, the Ravens game went, they've won four games. They've beaten teams they were supposed to beat and beat what would be a playoff team right now in the Colts. Uh, and they're still going to go play the Bengals this week. So they're in position. Uh, I think in a lot of ways they're ahead of schedule, but it doesn't make it feel better that they were just, you know, just dominated uh, by the Steelers the way they were. How much of that was the Miles Garrett aspect of this whole thing? How much of that was just, you know, they're at home. Uh, they they wanted to send a message uh, that it's a division game in their building type thing. Who knows? Uh, the bottom line is, um, you know, it's it seems to be a, a contest uh, between players, the head coach, uh, and everybody else on who can sort of take the most blame for this, um, which, you know, is positive. I, I think it's good that you have Kevin Stefanski criticizing himself. I, I think there were a few situations where he could have done better. I think it was his worst performance from that standpoint. Obviously, Baker Mayfield played terribly. Uh, the, the two big mistakes were awful, just bad football. The offensive line is pointing at itself, saying that they didn't play well enough, and and they didn't. Um, and you have skill guys like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham saying, look, uh, you know, this isn't just about Baker. None of us played particularly well, which is right. I mean, uh, you know, people didn't want to hear this at the time. The Steelers were covering the Browns receivers reasonably well. And some of that is Jarvis Landry uh, was dealing with the ribs and the hip. And, and just, again, there's this element of the Browns were just a beat up team and and there was some sort of there was sort of a, a good recipe for a massive letdown um they go from battling the likes of quentin nelson and, and braden smith and ryan kelly and those guys uh to to this week and and even though they did have all, all hands on deck they weren't particularly good um i still admire the effort i saw from the defense i still think there were positives to take away from that and and i think there's some young players that are making a case that they need more time and none of them play linebacker uh so <laughs> there you know there you don't take positives away from getting beat 38-7 i do sort of admire what the defense did but um, I, I think so much of this is what they've what they've been talking about and what you've been hearing which is basically Learn from it, move on. Don't let it beat you twice. Don't let it become a snowball effect. Or as, uh, I think uh, Baker Mayfield referred to it as a, a landslide. Uh, and they're right. Now, having Big said that, with Mac fan. yeah, it's popular uh, these days. He, man, just keeping it fresh. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about, uh, we can talk about uh, you know, uh, from here to eternity with Sergeant. Uh, Fatso Judson or whatever his name was with Ernest Bordnine's early work. Um, <laughs> the, 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 so much of this becomes, how do you respond from this? You know, you got, you got your ass kicked. It happens, uh, especially in the NFL. And, and you pointed it out. Uh, you know, the, the Packers got boat raced um, in Tampa by, by a good Tampa team. You know, you've seen some of these weird scores, obviously the Patriots lost, 
The Eagles almost came back and beat a Ravens team that would have been a massive upset from that standpoint. There's a lot of weird things. It's just sort of how the NFL goes. It's very difficult to win. Um, do they come out and, you know, regroup and put their foot down against a, a, what is now clearly an inferior Bengals team, or do they sort of let this carry over? That remains to be seen. Can they then carry that over into a a home game before the break against the Las Vegas Raiders who have certainly overperformed relative to expectations, not unlike the Browns. I mean, in, in, in a lot of ways, those, those two teams have a lot of similarities. Uh, can they sort of step up and respond? Can, can, is, the, is the trend that they've sort of set early in this year that they're a team on, you know, that's getting better, that's uh, growing over the course of the season. Can they keep that going? Can they respond from, from taking a, you know, getting knocked down and can they get up and now, uh, move on and get better from it. I think they can. I think they will. Uh, certainly, there's some guys that have more attention than others. Uh, Baker Mayfield being the, the number one focused uh, when it comes to the Browns right now. Uh, not unfairly. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not unfair. It's it's not unreasonable. Uh, he, he has to play better. Uh, I think maybe we're getting a little too fatalistic in, in our take of Baker Mayfield just because it is a week-to-week league. But at the same time, it's not where it needs to be. Uh, and clearly there's some things that, uh, that I think have to improve from that standpoint. But, um, you know, if it, we talk about this like, you know, big picture stuff. If, if I told you before the season that we were going to be six games in with losses against the Ravens and the Steelers and four wins, everybody would immediately sign up for it just because of the way they lost those two games. Um, it's having some people sort of thrown off kilter and the fact that, you know, there's so much emotional baggage with the Steeler team doesn't help. It it would be, I think it would have been different. I think the reaction would have been different if this was say the chiefs that put him on him like this, that doesn't mean people would be happy about it nor should they be. But I, I think the Steelers just have an added dimension of sort of that doom sayer mentality. Oh, I, I certainly agree. And for, it's certainly there's certainly a Pittsburgh magnification to all of you know what transpired yesterday. If you want to take the one silver lining away from it, also it wasn't Pittsburgh, it wasn't in Cleveland, and you get another shot with these guys. But through the first five weeks, this was kind of like a new relationship, kind of like you know it's going well. Where is this going? But everybody is taking this Pittsburgh loss like it's you know it's time to ring it up and we're going to make a marriage out of this. Look, it's still early in the process, infantile in the process. And to keep in mind that this team actually physically started getting together two months ago as far as, you know, putting in plays. And I don't care what went on the Zoom stuff. That stuff's fantastic. But you need to be on the field and you need to get the time in. And maybe they were due for a snoozer, uh, possibly, which makes me feel even more confident about this week because if you were so amped up, because it was Pittsburgh week and you took a shellacking, there should be zero, zero excuses to have any letdown whatsoever against the Cincinnati Bengals team this week. But look, you wear it like a badge, you know, good or bad, you win, you lose, you know, it, it is what it is. And you got to wear it. So the next time you get out there, you lace them up, you strap them up, you know, put the mouthpieces in. So this is where this team is at now, but keep in mind with this terrible and my God, as shitty as yesterday looked. This team is still four and two. Um, and you look at what's left on the schedule, and a lot of these games look pretty favorable at this point, not to mention you get a second crack 
at Baltimore, you get a second crack at the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to continue on here. Um, certain reporter didn't have the greatest couple of days, but um, you know, we'll bring up the you know talk on Mr. Najoku, and we got a bunch of other stuff to get through as well. The football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Me, I was like a little jolt of caffeine right before kickoff, so usually fresh Pepsi cracked 10, 15 minutes before game time. Pepsi, the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Pete, and we'll just go as simple as possible. Um, obviously, you know, Cam, Cam Hayward responded. Um, and look, Cam's one of the class guys in the game um, as far as being the player. And it probably went further. And he admitted it went further than he wanted to because it just wasn't being picked up on. Now the talk today of, you know, David Njoku still wants to be traded. David Njoku says, I never told you that. We know where this comes from, from Drew Rosenhaus. And look, guys, the situation in trading David Njoku is worse now than it ever was with him missing the three weeks. Pete, he's part of a tight end rotational unit. The Browns want him. He's on the books for $6 million in 2021. I don't care if you want to be traded. Nobody's going to offer anything because you're not playing enough where they would offer anything and they got to pay you $6 million in 2021. This is ludicrous. Every drop of it. And Drew Rosenhaus, you can do whatever you want. You can leak whatever you want. Use whatever mole you want to use to get your point across. This is just BS crazy. This is not happening. Um. I don't have any issue with the reporting. Uh, you might complain about the timing of the release of said report, but at the same time, it, look, it, it does look like you're trying to throw another freaking, you know, you're trying to know, throw something else lit into the fire just to make it all for a shitty Monday, but, but go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, because of the way media has evolved is to maximize impact. Uh, I think she accomplished that. So good on her in terms of what what you're trying to do is uh, in, in terms of trying to do your job well. I think she's she did that. I, I, I think her uh, Cleveland.com has to be thrilled uh, with the way she handled this. Thrill so traffic. And I don't have a, I, yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with that. Um, I, I think the bigger issue is how people react to it. Um I don't get this idea that someone who's looking out for their own financial future um, in, in, in what is a business is so offensive to people. Um, like David Jojoku is rejecting you as a fan base or a city or a team or whatever. He's not. It has nothing to do with that. It's entirely a financial consideration uh, with how the – uh, fifth year option works under the old CBA, which he was a part of and trying to secure his next contract. I have made the case and will continue to make the case. I think, um, I think he got sort of, uh, baited into promises of riches that drew Rosenhaus can't deliver. Uh, I don't think he's doing anything here. Honestly, I, I think I, 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 have no doubt that he knew what he was signing up for, but in terms of like the story today, 
I, I wouldn't surprise me at all if David Njoku was legitimately caught surprised by what was happening um, and the timing of it and everything else. Uh, he, I, I don't think like there's this essence that there's this notion that's like, well, because he wants to be traded, he immediately is somehow a negative influence in the locker room. Like he's going to take down the whole thing and all this stuff. Um, when reality is, there are at least a dozen, if not two dozen players they're playing for their next team right now um, that aren't going to be here uh, or they don't know if they're going to be here. So they're essentially Very possibly Terrence Mitchell. Terrence Mitchell would be a good example, uh, but he's not the only one. I mean, Malcolm Smith uh, is, is in that camp and I think he's done himself quite a bit of favors. Carl Joseph, maybe. Uh, they don't know what next year holds. So they're just auditioning for everyone. And Njoku's in the same boat. He's auditioning for everyone. It does not help him to to not play well or 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 to be hurt or any of that stuff. So like that stuff, just get over it. Like there are people who don't want to be in Cleveland. It's not because they don't like Cleveland or they don't like the team. And maybe they don't. I mean, maybe there's somebody on this team who doesn't want to be here. They don't like Cleveland or don't like the Browns or don't like whatever. That doesn't matter. If you get caught up on that, you're you're never going to be able to sort of enjoy any of this. For the moment, the Browns can simply tell David Njoku, no, I expect they will. They value him. I think he can be a nice cog in this offense. I think uh, the Browns like having the three tight ends set up. <laughs> I don't know where people think they're going to pull a tight end uh, at this point. If you know they have somebody go down like Harrison Bryant did, even if only briefly, uh, earlier in the year, I mean, it, it, they at least better stand up before they attempt to do it. So you need these guys to, to be able to be there for depth. It's the same deal with like, you know, people trying to get rid of depth at, at some of these other positions. And all of a sudden you need said guy um, because that's just how the, the thing goes. You get injuries like with safeties or, or, or tight ends or, or running backs in this case. Um, and you just need guys to be there. You know, people trying to get rid of tackle depth, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, they need Chris Hubbard. Uh, so I, I think it's much ado about very little here, uh, and, and you just sort of move on, and, and, and unless he decides to make it a problem, which is not in his best interest, uh, then it's not an issue for the Browns. And the thing is, is look, um, you know, even – the question would be if the Browns got something that they valued as interesting. Um, but it's not with him not playing much and with the you know production not there, with the fact he's on the books for $6 million in 2021, any phone call you're going to get, and the Browns aren't pursuing this, would be, uh, would you be interested in a 2022 conditional day three pick? then no, you're not going to – it's not to the point where they just hate David Ojoku and they want him to hell the fuck out of the building. It, they're not at that point with him. Um, and, I, and I know Pete agrees with me. His best recipe for success, his best recipe for whatever will be the second contract, is going to play for this next 26 games for the Cleveland Browns, try to stay as healthy as possible, and try to produce because he is in a system – which should help him get to a, a decent second contract. This is probably the best possible spot for him. 
Um, you know, and again, as far as this coming out, you know, today and in look, it's I guess it's and I understand what Pete's saying. It's a job to do, but you know, it just it looks like you know I think of the Seinfeld Woody Woodpecker. He's a troublemaker. It makes you look like you're trying to be a troublemaker when this is the, probably the last thing was needed. We'll sneak in a question or two here, and then obviously you know we'll get to our last segment where we got a bunch coming from you guys. Let me just see what we got here. Um, from at Luckbuck, can the team keep the pre-snap motion and sweeps even if they can't good get good starts? Um, I do think that was probably part of what happened yesterday, Pete. I think they just took so like, yes, they ended up going you know eight nine rounds, but I mean they were knocked out early and nothing you know, especially on the offensive side of the ball. The defense, look, I think they plugged along and did the best they could. And we've seen over the last couple of weeks, games in the 30s are what the Browns have been playing. So you can't totally fault the defense in that. Also, keep in mind the pick six. So then it was, what, 31 to seven. Uh, But, Pete, you know, if the offense can't get moving early, it certainly seems to take away from other things they can do and other things they can at least show. A lot of it, whether it's fake or it's real. Um, it just seemed like, you know, once they were, you know, on the ropes, it was just kind of like, all right, everybody line up, set hut, let's go. Well, I think some of this comes down to, you know, Kevin Stefanski learning, uh, learning from negative situations. So, uh, you know, he was very critical of himself after the Ravens game and has sort of been, you know, sort of reflective on it and said there were a lot of things he, 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 you know, has sort of gotten away from and and would would have done differently uh, after that Ravens game. And he basically said the same thing uh, after the Steelers game. And I think that is part of it. So if you're getting into like the idea of pre-snap motion, which is always useful, um, if for no other reason, it's either going to rule in or rule out man coverage. Uh, it's an easy yep. way to potentially create numbers advantages and do some other things. But I, I think uh, it's not unreasonable to say that in the two games that the Browns got smacked in the mouth, that they sort of went into a shell in more ways than one. Um, I think the Browns coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball has been very much a momentum oriented team. When things get rolling, they're very creative and very good at sort of uh, picking on the weakness and finding ways to exploit it. I don't think they've been as good. And, and it's really, really hard, by the way, to call an offense when your offensive line is getting killed every play. Exactly. But I think, you know, uh, to, still, I think, you know, this is where you get into the situation where, you know, you're down 10 points as the case may be, or you're down 17 points as, as it evolved. And it's like, well, what's your, what's your, what's your move here? What is your, what's your drive starter? What's your, way to sort of try to create some momentum. And I think it's, it's not unreasonable to say that in some respects that the play calling has gotten a little shell shocked uh, and maybe was limited in what they were trying to do. But, you know, part of that is don't get down by 17 in the first place because it's a really difficult place to operate. But I do think the offensive line really limited what, they could try to do. Obviously they tried to go with that screen pass, which looked to be open uh, where, you know, they went down that end around thing and ultimately Bud Dupree blew it up because that was how, you know, that was just how slanted the game was in terms of the, the dominance there. 
uh, you know, I don't even think he was blocked, which is usually where he does his best work. Uh, that uh, <laughs> it's it's that's sort of where you know I think Kevin Stefanski has been fantastic. I think he's way ahead of the game in in some respects with where he is, but I think that is an area where he can get a lot better, and I think he will. Uh, you know what happens when you you're, you're down by two scores, or what happens when you're just down? I mean, to their to their credit, the Browns have either been blown out or you know been up pretty handily in all these games. The only game where they were really, you know, in, in sort of a dogfight was Washington when they entered the fourth quarter down three, uh, and in that game they sort of, you know, wore wore the were worked down the defensive line, uh, you know, and, and found some opportunities and some play action stuff that worked. Uh, that was sort of the only game where they've really had to sort of chip away at somebody. The Colts, they did it a little bit, but they, they were so successful in the first half, it was still sort of protecting the league. These, these are situations that you have to get reps in. And, and fortunately uh, for the Browns, you know, this season, they haven't gotten too many reps of, what, what what's your plan when you're getting your, you're getting killed up front uh, or you're just getting beaten by a, a ton of points so those are those are things you want to see get better with time you know respond you know you're not expecting to suddenly be the pat mahomes thing where you can go down a ton of points in a playoff game and suddenly magically come back twice but you do need to find a way to effectively get back on track Get back to your identity, which you know, unfortunately, with the Steelers game, is your offensive line, uh, and and find ways to sort of get drives together and all those things working in the right direction. Um, two things as far as the play calling. Um, and with Coach Stefanski, we've seen you know as far as you know, I'm calling A so I can call B later, and then I've got C later, um, which maybe is you know Odell Beckham reverse to clinch a game down in Dallas. But if A gets blown up. And you think you got a couple of things that are going to go off of that, puts you really, 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 really tough spot as a play caller. And that's what happened with days like yesterday. We're going to continue here with your Tuesday locked on Browns. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, taking you on through a depressing Monday. But I'm going to flip the script. Come tomorrow, Wednesday, get you all ready for Cincinnati Bengo Week. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing the prices based on what the market will bear like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com, again, are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, where YouTube can be your friend. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we've been telling you guys about BuiltGo. The... Baby of the folks over at Built Bar, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. Easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Your golf bag to power you through the back nine. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. 
It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, uh, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percent. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BillGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, all caps, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, the promo code is LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. First one here, and this comes from at underscore rel. Um, and this is a good one, Pete. Uh, trying to put out this product uh, day in, day out. I mean, there's no controversy, nothing but success. Everybody's always happy. Yeah, it makes for some fun times here at Lockdown Browns, Pete. I'm sorry. It was the, the question that we're that, that things are going well and and and. Well, I mean, there's never any controversy. You know, the fans are always happy. You know, teams always you know winning. Uh, you know, yes. Um, but, uh, look, this way, I think I, I, we went from a, a fan base that was desperate for anything good to happen to a fan base that's already unhappy with being pretty good. Um, which you know we've become. Uh, a typical fan base almost overnight. You know, I'm rich old enough. Problems, to remember, Pete. Rich people problems. Well, I'm old enough to remember when people were just going to be grateful to have football back. Oh, it would just be great if we had Browns football back. And then 30 seconds into the game against the Ravens, they were, they were <laughs> done with that uh, and ready to fire guys, you know, and, and the whole thing, uh, you know, and then it, it, it's truly a week to week league. Bro, because, he was right. You know, he is short and he sucks. Yeah, I mean, after that, it was it was the Bengals. They win. It was like great. Some people were like, "Okay, we're back in this thing." Some people were like, "Beat somebody good," you know, whatever. And then they they go to four and one. And, and, and I'm getting I'm getting people telling me that the Browns are Super Bowl contender if they just go all in and make some trades to add to the defense, some finishing touches. Uh, then they lose, and and the world is ending, and and Baker Mayfield's an awful quarterback, and uh, you know, the, the they're never going to win again and all that. So, you know, in, in some ways, uh, the sort of manic state of our, uh, of the Cleveland Browns fan base is, is intact. Uh, and in some ways it's become sort of a normal franchise. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, it's try, it, it's trying to, get some consistency with this team and getting a solid foundation, which, and I've highlighted, I, I wrote about and highlighted this. Like there are people that are unhappy with this whole thing. Well, the Browns haven't, you know, taken down a big team. Well, they did last year. They beat the hell out of the Ravens on the road uh, in, in a ma- massive upset win. They dominated them in their building and everything else. And they went six and 10. So, you know, as nice as it would be to sort of be able to rise the occasion and have an upset, you know, this isn't college. You know, you're Florida State, you're a garbage fire team, and you go up and beat 
North Carolina. It's a great win, but you're 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 supposed to be Florida State. Uh, you're supposed to be a good team. You're not supposed to rely on those things while you're losing. So as much as the Browns aren't sort of love you, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Uh, as so as much as you want to be like, <laughs> you know, punching the big boys and and getting these big wins, they had to start somewhere. They're not an elite team, which. Coming to the season was never an issue. It was never a question they weren't going to be an elite team. But now we're sort of gotten in this mode where expectations got so high so fast that they're disappointed. They're not. They have to just beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They have to have some identity, which they appear to have found. They had to find a, a coaching staff and a, a front office, which seemed to be in intact. Now, um, now we're hoping that the quarterback thing is not going to go in a bad direction and suddenly throw a wrench in the whole thing. Uh, but there's a lot of things that are going well. There's a lot of things that are improving and hopefully uh, they can get that particular issue taken care of. But, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that the Browns are headed in the right direction. It's just a question of how good can they be and what's going to happen over what should be, you know, 11, 11 more games at least, uh, and unfortunately, just by the nature of how this thing has sort of evolved, the, the game against the Baltimore Ravens at home on the 14th of December is now a massive game because it's going to be, you know, sort of a measuring stick about how much better they've gotten. And then the Steelers and what is supposed to be the last week of the regular season on the 3rd of January, you know, these are going to both. Either be- one of those games can be flexed to Sunday night as well. So, yeah, I mean, now you're talking real, real. Yeah, and, and those could have playoff implications those you know in addition to the fact that obviously they got destroyed in both cases so there's going to be you know more meaning put onto those games despite the fact the browns play six teams with like a combined record of like 530 and two you know they're they're like you look at those charts for everybody that's competing for trevor lawrence the browns are playing most of those teams almost all of them yeah i mean by the math they I, i i you know i believe uh it was uh, Jake Trotter saying that the Browns have the weakest schedule right yep, now after the Pittsburgh the game, yep. year, which is you know fine. If the Browns go and win you know nine ten games, uh, they're going to make the playoffs, and that's progress. If they if that happens, you know this is absolutely a successful season. Do they need to come back next year and get better? Sure, and then they can hopefully hang with those teams, but they have to uh, walk before they can run. Uh, and hopefully over the next, you know, seven weeks until that second Baltimore game, they get a lot better and can sort of get to a point where they're ready to go. I mean, there, there's no question the, the the week one game was sort of heavily in the Ravens' favor because they were so ready to go. They made so few changes, uh, and, you know, the second time they're obviously going to have – uh, more time to prepare. They're going to be more ready for it. I'm curious to see what defense looks like in that game. But for the moment, it's focus on the Bengals. You can't look past them. They are good enough to scare you as they did the first time with the Browns, and they certainly did against the Colts. Uh, they get they get that one. They're five and two, and everybody's happy again, at least for the moment. Pete, last one here, and we get a little short on time from Josh Smith, Baker. Is it mental or is it physical? It's not physical, although I'm sure, you know, having his his chest and everything hurt probably didn't help. Uh, I do think it's a mental issue. Uh, I do think, I think, 
I think there's a couple things at work here. First, what makes the Mayfield situation unique is he's not going from bad to good in the sort of the normal progression of things. He already experienced a ton of NFL success as a rookie. And I think part of the problem is, you know, he's expecting to sort of be able to get back where he was and surpass it. And at times it feels like maybe he's forcing things as a result to try to get back there quicker. Uh, uh, the other part of this is I think he's, I think he's uh, putting too much pressure on himself to be that dude, no doubt. to be that franchise quarterback. And I think he needs to sort of just let go and play the game as opposed to trying to, to be all things for all people. And, you know, it, it, with like the Steelers game, for example, you know, third and 12, you know, I think he felt like he had to sort of will a play uh, to, to get something going. And as a result, you know, he threw a bad interception off balance, falling backwards and everything else. And I think he has to be able to sort of just go with the flow and play football. And I think that was a big reason behind his success as a rookie. Now, certainly defenses have adjusted. They've got some tendencies and, and things they're going to throw at him that, that are, that have been working with him. But I think, you know, as a rookie, so much of it was the expectations were low uh, for him as much as anything. He was just pre trying to prove he belonged in the league. Uh, he was more carefree. Uh, and I think those things matter. I, I think those things are helping him. I think he's second guessing himself at times because he's not reading well enough the first time, which is, I think was something that happened after he threw that first interception that he started second guessing and, and not trusting his eyes. And that's a problem. I also don't believe that Baker Mayfield's not uncomfortable in the offense or anything like that. But I do wonder if any part of him is sort of thinking about what he has to do or what other guys have to do, as opposed to being able to use all of his sort of mental energy focusing on what the defense is doing, which is entirely where he should be at this point. You know, and that's part of that is is the carry the the, the coaching changes and all that. Uh, I'm I I think. Um, that should hopefully improve over time. Uh, I think the bye week will be very important for him. I think it will be good for him. Uh, but I, I do think there's a part of him that just sort of needs to let go uh, and just play as opposed to trying to be a hero uh, and, and trying to sort of make leaps and bounds to get back to where he believes he should be. I, and I think that's a factor as well. I, I think he did all the right things in the offseason. He was sort of expecting, and I think everybody was expecting that he would come in and be great, and he hasn't been. And I think that's really frustrating, and there's some desperation there, and, and I think there is a bit of a mental block that there's sort of this frustration of why isn't, you know, there's sort of this mental thought process of why isn't this working? Why am I not having success? So I think there's a lot that goes into that. Uh, he has plenty of arm strength accuracy he has enough mobility he can extend plays he's done all these things and at, you know, at times he's been great uh in in particular plays and and drives this season it's not for a lack of ability it's entirely about uh what he needs to do in terms of diagnosing reading defenses making the right adjustments and just playing better football and you know part of what Baker's you know got to get a little bit more accustomed to is um, this isn't the Oklahoma days. This isn't his rookie year days. Um, and it look, if it's only 25 pass attempts, don't think 300 yards, three touchdowns. Um, the end of the day, it's W. 
And if that means the offensive line and the running game can lead to that with the defense doing what they've been doing to this point and hopefully some reinforcements, hopefully coming back soon enough, just accept it's just about winning. And it's probably difficult for any quarterback. Um, and I'm sure there were times for Tom Brady where it was, you know, obscure running back, you know, rushes for three touchdowns. Um, end of the day, everything that matters is wins. And if he can just play functional football within this group, the way it's currently assembled, it's probably just good enough. And there's nothing wrong with that. And notice Pete said 11 games. 11 games left on the schedule. Yes, the Browns already paid six. Think that way, folks. Keep thinking that way. Make sure you're checking everything out at Browns Digest. Pete and his team are kicking ass over there. Um, daily content, weekly content, week in, week out. Pete and the, jo- uh, Pete and the crew over at SI, Browns Digest, doing a fantastic job. Uh, make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, the show itself at Locked On Browns. Always follow back account, as you guys know. DMs are open, questions, ideas, whatever. Kick them to me. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. You got questions, you got ideas. Uh, usually right about now, after 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, my uh, availability opens up even more. Um, but, guys, look, the bottom line, guys and gals, is yesterday will not determine this season. A week that's coming up against the Cincinnati Bengals, this might be one that determines this season. So, focus, go get this W, rewrite the ship, get it to 5-2. and two. That's what is needed for the Cleveland Browns. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.